As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. I'm Vincent Price, and I'm sitting in for Android's Dungeon. We have Joel in a skeleton suit, and, and Jack. Jack's dead, baby. Vincent Price, Halloween episode of Android's Dungeon. Twilight Imperium, Twilight Struggle. Other things that aren't Twilight related. Stay tuned. Vincent Price, where did you go? Oh, he was he was here and now he's not. Brought Jack back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> His powerful necromantic magic. Actually, that's something we can <clears throat> we'll bring up later. Uh, is the, the the resolution to Joel's D and D campaign, mm. our D and D campaign, but Joel's D and D campaign sort of. Um, the noble dead. The noble dead. This is Android's dungeon on CFRU.ca or on your favorite podcasting website. Uh, it's a show about movies, board games, video games, music, complaints about the weather. Uh, I think I'm safe. I, I'm feeling confident to say that it's it's pouring rain right now as you're listening to this, and the mm. wind is whipped up. And you know that uh, a, couple of, a couple of towns are actually canceling Halloween? Not canceling Halloween. They're moving it to Friday. Mm. I support that in terms of how convenient it would be. It's going to be like a lot of wind, yeah. a lot of rain, and they just don't want kids out. No, no, there is a lot of rain, Joel. That's right. It is a lot but of rain. But it's going to be tonight. Yeah. So if you have uh, little children, first of all, uh, keep them away from me. They're bothering me. And second of all, keep them inside. You don't want them being blown away unless you want them to get trapped in a mystical land with the yellow brick roll roads and uh, wicked witches and the rest yeah, of the Yeah, look, stuff. if you've been waiting for Halloween to get rid of your kids, <clears throat> like, this is now is the time. I mean, kids go missing sometimes. <laughs> and, and if they've been really pissing you off, <laughs> Halloween is the perfect excuse. Just dress them up in the, the, the most blame. billowy outfit possible. <laughs> they'll blame Jason. They'll blame Pennywise. Who cares? Pick your favorite uh, slasher yeah. clown. I got some good weather photos I just wanted to show you real quick. <clears throat> This is uh, just east of Peterborough yesterday. Isn't that beautiful? Joel's showing me a picture on his phone, which means nothing to you guys, but it is. A, I'm going to describe it. It's a, it's a lovely uh, uh, semi-panoramic shot. There's a highway slightly off center of the frame. The skyline or the uh, the the skyline is middle frame, and the the sun is uh, setting. And the the clouds are just perfectly enveloping, and it looks very cozy. the The leaves aren't quite as dynamic as I was hoping, but it's a good, nice fall picture. It's it's solid. I got some leaves here for you. Oh, well, not a ton of them, but uh, it's barn. It's barn full of hay. <laughs> Joel Joel promised me leaves. There were no leaves <laughs> in that picture. All these people were showing up to Algonquin to uh, to see the leaves, and just the gates were just like they're gone. They're, they've all fallen. Um. We did our tour um, this week just to get ahead of things. But what I've been playing lately is drive around Ontario because uh, we're doing the fall shutdowns for Ontario parks. Uh, 
So you're playing Cross Country Canada. Exactly. Cross Country Canada or uh, what was that zombie? Or Oregon Trail. Death, Road, Death Oregon. Road to Canada. There's Death Road to Canada. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, but you, do you play that? A little bit. <laughs> Picked it up on sale for a dollar? <laughs> <laughs> no, I never bought it myself. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm getting these photos. I guess Sleeping Giant, have you ever? I've heard of it. I don't know Bay? anything about it's it. Yeah. A little bit east of Thunder Bay. Apparently deer are like as common as they are as like squirrels. They're just, Come on, He's really? seen like 15 deer already, the guy that's up there. That's got to be, you know, I, deer are very pretty. And they're mm. like, there's something about being around a large wild animal. That we're, I'm deeply unaccustomed to. Yeah. But if I'm driving around there, that's not a thing I want to see. Is Eventually, they become like on the level of road and say, "Well, like, it's kind oh, of like get it, out in my yard." Exactly. They eat. They eat your crops. They eat. Uh, apparently, they're brutal with trees and mm. small plants. And uh, we have a, a friend uh, slash business partner who lives in uh, Australia, and he says kangaroos are just a menace. They're just they're they're deer. They're nothing special. They're they're kind of annoying to be honest, but. Andrew's dungeon is strictly anti-deer. <laughs> I don't know if I go down that hard, but uh, that's fine. If you come on show to, to, to hear a pro-deer stance, you've come to the wrong show. <laughs> you, you want to turn into the uh, happy, happy deer time hour on uh, <laughs> Thursdays at yeah. 4 o'clock. It runs after this. Yeah. <laughs> Just to counterbalance it. Yeah. Uh, Joel, what have you been playing for real, though? Mm, I'm going to throw a few things at you. I've been playing Letter Jam because it came out and I bought it. I, I was in retrospect, I think it was kind of a mistake. I bought it the day it came out, <laughs> so I was so excited. Yeah. And then I went away on trips for two weeks, so there was really no reason to buy it. Yeah, but you had it, Joel, for anyone else. Yeah, I had it, and I played it today, and uh, I love I love the game. I've I've discovered that there, there is, like, a slight learning curve, especially as, like, a, as party games go. It is hard to wrap your head around immediately. It, I played maybe like a training round or two five minutes i found it comp- walking in on it it was like people doing something totally abstract and esoteric <laughs> it was like a ritual that had no one- it was another language it made zero sense i think by the end i had an idea of what was going on um but i think that's fair i think you should point that out that if you're if you're expecting to pick it anyone can play code names right off the bat we can yeah. say, we can agree with that um but letter jam definitely like you're saying there, there's got to be a miniature learning curve with yeah. Like, and don't expect like, to put it on the table and everyone get it immediately. There's, like, a little decoder sheet in front of you, right? And if you don't know how to use that, you it just looks see crazy. a whole bunch of letters and numbers. And, and colors. And what? Every, yeah, awesome. so that's fair. <laughs> the, the sheet was definitely <laughs> doing a number on me, too, by the way. But, um... Yeah. After but, you, after people got it, how'd you feel? But you saw a bunch of people successfully guess their words. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. It proves that it was teachable. Um, <laughs> Rishi had a little trouble, but... <laughs> I don't know. But again, you take we. This comes up every now and then, and I, 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 tr- we, I think we try to be cognizant of the fact that <clears throat> I think it's fair to say we are not the average bear when it comes to the games. We mm. played enough of them. We we know like so you put a game in front of us. Odds are we can figure it out as long as it's reasonable. Like it's as long as it's not too super wacky or insanely uh, in depth, like some ridiculous GMT simulation of something. It's, we can probably figure it out. We understand after a little bit the intrinsic mechanics behind it. I think generally speaking, if you dump that sort of experience on another person who has no foundation for those types of games, you're going to end up in this position where people are kind of staring glassy-eyed at you. Or even accidentally, you're skipping over concepts that you assume you're so used to playing with other people that understand this sort of stuff that you skip it over. And then somebody says, well, wait, why am I not doing this? And, oh, that's right. They don't understand yeah. that when you put the worker here, something happens. Yeah, we are very smart. <laughs> <laughs> no. what, we're, what we're saying is 
is uh, you read one rule book. Uh, let's say you read a dozen rule books. They start. They start. <clears throat> to, they start to get the similar hits. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna get your. This is what's in the game. Then you're gonna get your setup, and then you're gonna get your gameplay, and then you're gonna get your game end, and then your tiebreaker maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some some credits, right? They they've all got a similar structure except for maybe co whirlies. Um, and they've, they're all, you know, so <clears throat> if you have, if you have trouble, we know where to look, right? <laughs> where, Joel? Well, like, let's say, for example, you have trouble with a particular function of gameplay, you're going to look in the gameplay section and you're probably going to look for some iconography and bam, right? It's going to take us a minute. Whereas somebody else, like you're saying, somebody much less smart than us, is going to go through that many, whole Joel. book. Yeah. It, and it also gets to a good rulebook design too. That yeah. um, you you you've not experienced pain until you've tried to learn a game with a bad rulebook. And let's mix bad rulebooks with maybe poor teachers. I'm not saying I'm the best teacher at a game. I, like for me, it's 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 still a process of like until you play a game so many times that you're able to distill down into its essence what you're trying to do. Uh, it still can be a very difficult process to explain to to people what's going on. But the, part of the reason why I bring this up is because Joel mentioned, or I mentioned to Joel that some friends of ours <clears throat> inexplicably were on a waiting list for Wingspan. Mm. And we're not talking about um, friends and that, oh, someone in our circle, which is perfectly understandable. I'm talking about people that have, as far as I know, zero connection to the world of board gaming outside of Ticket the Ride and Catan and like the usual kind of casuals, uh, casuals, the Indigo uh, chapters crowd, you know. Yeah. But for some reason, this game showed up on her radar, so they picked it up, uh, which is a miracle in itself too, because good luck finding a copy for a reasonable price. Brought it to their cottage and they're playing it, and I thought as soon as I heard that, because right, uh, Kayla got a picture from our friend saying we're playing this, and when I saw that, I thought, really? It it, it it kind of struck me because it's not a casual game. It's mm-hmm. it's not a difficult game, but it's not a casual game, which is where I'd put stuff like um, like code names or I don't even know if I'd call a Catan a casual game to be honest. Hanabi, Hanabi, like things that can be picked up in mm. two seconds. Um, and the the moral of the story is that they had fun. They picked up on it and they figured out what they were doing. But I think it, there were definitely. The I think it definitely took a long time, and there was also the fact that I think some people were burned out at the end, which is I think a fairly standard attrition rate for a game like yeah. that, especially with older. Especially uh, when you're teaching yourself the game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so I don't know if I've told you this story, but this is something similar. Um, a friend of mine, long time friend, growing up, <clears throat> definitely a clever guy. I mean, he he's made money in esports, and he's <laughs> like, is that clever, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay, maybe he's not a very wise guy. I'm just guy. kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Spending all his time playing video games, but... Making money on it, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, he's... I mean, like these people that play poker and... Uh, got rich playing poker, man. But anyway, <clears throat> um, he goes into a game cafe with his Korean girlfriend who's come to Canada <laughs> to visit him. It's very limited English. Is she, is she real, Joel? Just trying to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> I have met her. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he he went and taught after me, and he came back at the crinkle. <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Um, so he walks into a board game cafe and he looks at the shelf, and then he looks up Board Game Geek, and he's okay. What are the top games? And he gets down. <clears throat> you want to guess? It's oh, in the top ten. Castles of Burgundy. <laughs> Maybe it's not anymore. 
Through the ages. Oh, and it would have been the old version too. Yeah. yeah. And he tries to learn Impossible. that and teach it to Impossible. a girl that barely speaks English. And he, so he goes to me and he says, these heavy games suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. He just generalizes completely. It's like, just forget about heavy games. Yeah. They all suck. Uh, they're impossible to learn and it's a waste of time. Yeah. Which, I mean, I haven't played through the ages still, but you, you played a lot on that. How, how hard do you think it would be for you to just, I mean, maybe not you, but, uh, somebody who's only played maybe Catan to go into a game cafe and, and just like pick it up and go. I think it is a recipe for disaster. Like you're talking about wingspan. Imagine I think they, they or pre-ordered through the ages. It, it it's a it's one of those games that it, it should almost be they should, I think a game cafe there should be a warning on it. <clears throat> there should be a warning label, like kinda of like <laughs> cigarettes or something. It's like warning, uh are you on a date? <laughs> do you do you Yeah, exactly. Do you want a food chain magnet <laughs> thing, right? When I told you about Saskatchewan, all yeah. these people getting it out because it looks cute on the box. And they say, Whoa. See, I would argue that food chain magnet is probably uh so let let's let's do some arbitrary scales here. Uh wingspan, I'll put it at three. <clears throat> uh, through the ages, I will put at an eight for complexity. For complexity, yeah. and I'd put food chain magnet around a six or a seven. Yeah, um, I think because I think it, I genuinely think it's simpler, it, and it's all spelled out nicely for you. And the only trouble I think is when you get into the milestones and um, calculating who's closest and who's yeah. the cheapest stuff. And that's just that's and just only annoying. one person needs to know that. Only yeah, that's versus through the ages, which is there's a lot going on. And that's my only real complaint with the game is that it's fantastic, but there's so much upkeep that um, there have been a couple times when I went to grab the box and be like, I want to do this in person. I haven't done this in forever. And then I, just, my, I start thinking about setting it up and I start thinking about oh, just moving these around. It's <laughs> like handling that and do it. <laughs> it's like you know, I'll load up the application. It's a, but it, that's one of these problems. just like flashing through. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it kills me because this is part of the problem is that... PTSD. If, yeah, it gave me. It's. I was telling Joel about this too because he was playing Twilight Struggle uh, on the road, yeah. and to me, that's just a nightmare. <laughs> it's like I can't. I remember setting up that game on the floor at Kayla's old apartment and having chits all <laughs> over the place. And I thought, my God, what have I done? <laughs> and, but we had a great time because it's a simple game. It's not complicated, but for me, it through the ages, I'd put it at five ranked against through the um, our Twilight Struggle. I put as a five ranked com- with through the ages up there. Yeah, it, but it's just. It goes back to, could you do Twilight Struggle at a game cafe on a date? Yes. I think you could do it. Is it a good idea? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> what sort of person are you uh, currently on I a date with? Twilight Struggle is like a five to set up, but gameplay-wise, I think it's like a seven or eight. You know, because you got to know every card in order no, to play properly. I, I, but I mean, you can play, but you can just play cards and still That's true. do you the game properly. You could just play the numbers. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Versus something like Through the Ages where... I find there's so much stuff going around. It it is a, it is as close to I think a um a, a fairly simple computer game as you'll get outside mm-hmm. of, or in a board game form. And it's not meant to be mean to the game or not. There's just <clears throat> in my recollection is there's a lot of stuff going on and it can get a little painful. So to bring right. this back to where we came from sort of um is that the so something like wingspan that it's it's within the realm possibility of picking this up and everyone having a good time yeah. um, at, at a cafe especially um, especially the theme alone is gonna probably get yeah, some heads for sure. 
Um, but there, there are at game cafes. There should be signs or warnings that these are great games, but don't do this by yourself if you want to have a quick, <laughs> fun experience. Or yeah. if ask it's, one of the staff, maybe. Yeah, that's it. They so can, they can either teach it to you <clears throat> or deter you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I remember, and this is this is the only time it's ever happened to me because uh, I think I've made my opinions about game cafes known before. But this before the boardroom in Guelph, rest in peace, showed up. They were doing <laughs> these events at the green room. Yeah. And they would bring all their, their personal game collections they haven't set up, which I thought was really cool because, oh, my God, I've never seen these games. This is really neat. So I remember at one point <clears throat> uh, picking up a copy of Space Alert <laughs> mm. and bring it back to the table. And then I was saying to Roddy uh, or Rodrigo, saying, is this any good? Like it, it's Because uh, like, I knew what Vlado was at the time, but it's mm. like I've never played this before. I've heard it's good. And he, and he went, I don't recommend playing this. And it's like, thank you, Rodrigo. Because, A, we can't play it right now because you need to put on a CD or some music in the background to go, like, tell you to do stuff. Oh, and yeah. it's kind of this chaotic, like, real-time programming action game that's that's absurd. Too much, yeah. It, it's, it, was, it would have been a very poor choice. I don't know why they brought it aside from the pad, the collection, to be honest. <laughs> to make but it look good, <laughs> Make yeah. it look good. But that was a good example of someone saying, don't do this right now. I bet it was like David brought it thinking that, you know, maybe I'll get someone else to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know it's what? like if... me bringing all of my DCs. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> Just set them all up. <laughs> Anyone Anybody? Anybody? Anyone? Yeah, so I, I think... This ultimately, I suppose, is just about knowing your audience and and also, God help you if you've got a curator who can kind of guide you yeah. in the direction. This sounds like fun. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna try something. I'm gonna throw some games at you. I want you to give me your complexity. Oh, okay. So let's cool. let's start heavy. Uh, here I stand. Uh, nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> What's a ten? <laughs> I honestly don't think here I stand was that bad. I think it's just more. There were so many edge cases that kept showing up, and that was so frustrating. And that's my ultimate nightmare, and I think you'll agree. There's nothing worse than when you think you've hit a movement, and you think you've figured something out, and then somebody goes, oh, c- what, can I do this? And you go, mm. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, let me get the <laughs> flip through 40 pages of rules and that aren't perfect. All right, El Grande. Uh, four. Scythe. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, five. Pictomania. Interesting. Uh, four. Um, Great Maybe Western three. Trail. Uh, five. Uh, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's, I, I'm not the best person to ask about this sort of stuff, but like, all right, let me throw some at you then. Let's see what you think. Where, where would you put Slender? <clears throat> three. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, let's say, um, Castles of Burgundy. Seven. Interesting. See? That's... It's, it's a, it's like a four to learn and then a seven to look up every <laughs> single building in the game. <laughs> and every single bonus to... Okay, let's go the other way. Puerto Rico. Oh, I guess it's a six. Yeah. I want to, I want to think it's simpler, but it's not. Yeah. And that's part of the problem, especially with some of these older games that are a lot of people consider classics where there's just enough complexity to them. <clears throat> but I think there's the complexity has not helped them age very well. Or mm. there's certain things that just aren't working. And, and I say this as, as I'm very ignorant about Puerto Rico. I've only played it once. And Castle Bergen, which I played, I think, twice. And both times I kind of walked away. Like Puerto Rico I had a good time with, but at the same time I was like, how high was this on Board Game Geek? And then Castle Burgundy was like, how mm-hmm. high was this on Board Game Geek again? <laughs> get a little more. A little more. Indignant, just, yeah. I don't know. Indignant's even harsh. I don't know. Just some, maybe just more. 
<laughs> the future is now, you old just man. Start <laughs> counting on your fingers all the games you think are better than it. Yeah, like, that's wow, it. Wow, you're gonna run out of fingers real quick. Yeah, it's tough. But um, anyway, uh, have you played anything else recently, Joel? Uh, I did. We we briefly mentioned that we, we I played Twilight Struggle recently. Yeah. But and yeah. how'd that go? It was a lot of fun. It was like one of those things where I said, uh, so the realignment rolls are thing. Basically, it's like uh you roll against each other and you add numbers let's just not do it this game so we took <laughs> out realignment rolls entirely do do you even use those normally in a game um the bot will use them a lot and usually really frustrating no he succeeds always in these impossible like oh i lose four that's great yeah um but um and then i just to be kind of like fair would just like play events mm-hmm. arbitrarily and it, it worked out pretty well. Like I think uh, he beat me round eight, which was which is good good number to go through where you don't get so much fatigue. Yep. You know how wing like you're talking about in wingspan, your friends probably had enough at the end. I think if we had gone ten rounds, it might have been a little too long. And that's a, not to go too far off uh, the rails again, too. But there are those moments in some games where you can see people checking out, mm-hmm. and it, I'm not saying it's if a game's gone on too long, although. You could say a game's gone on too long in the first ten minutes with some people that it's just like yeah. this is not for them and it, like who, who <laughs> stop trying to make it happen? It's not gonna happen. It's so hard for me to call it quits though. <laughs> it's like oh, maybe we can get through it. I'm I've, <laughs> I've I've done it enough times where it's just like, well, I think that was a good learning game. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I got the gist of it. <laughs> tuck it all away. You don't even ask what people thought <laughs> just because you know. Well, like as soon as that letter jam. Uh, as soon as you showed up, I just started wrapping it up. I mean, it wasn't that people weren't were losing interest, but I just wanted to leave. Yeah, and it worked out pretty well. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, might as well just end the game early if it's a learning game. Well, and that's it too. This is this isn't like you've interrupted a game of Civ because it's yeah, like okay, exactly. w- let's all take a break and we'll come back later another time. See if people are up for it. It's like. You're in it to win it, or at least play it. Yeah. And uh, some games just like, okay. And that's another, I, I'm feeling I'm bouncing all over the place, but some of the games, that they're at these weird time limits or time frames for them. Mm-hmm. And if you hear a game that's like three hours long, that's a kind of a tough one. That's a weird middle ground where that's a serious investment of time for, I think, most of us. But it's also awkward to walk away from kind of early if other people are into it, or it's like you really got to plan around it. Yeah. So if the game kind of stinks off the bat, or you can see people fading midway through because they're like, "How many more rounds of this crap do we have to go through?" And you go, "Uh oh," unless people are having a great time. But at least Epic's like Civ and and Twilight Imperial will give you uh, rules for if people leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is uh, sometimes you need that. What what does uh, Mega Civ do? Does it just say block off all their territories and that's that? Yep. Yeah. More or less. And did uh is that what Advanced Civ did as well? Or did they just like if somebody leaves their territory's open, you can just yeah, like Yeah, I think it's it's kind something of like clunkier than that. In diplomacy they have it too, where it's just like, okay, they're just gonna hold forever and yeah. if they have to disband, they'll disband the furthest thing. Right. Which I guess ideally nobody leaves and that's that. But yeah. So speaking of Twilight Imperium, you got in a game recently, which I always joke is like the yearly game. Um <laughs> And you played the fourth edition, right? Yep. And how did this time go? Great. It was really fast, especially since... Five players? Or six? uh, Three people were learning. Mm -hmm. Three out of five. Actually, no. Curtis had played one game. Yep. Stefan had played two. And obviously, I've played maybe eight or nine. You've played that many? Yeah. I used to play TI3 quite a bit at the boardroom 
Really? Least, I didn't know you went that many times. times. Maybe wow. four. Okay. Wow. Um, Rest in peace. And then, yeah, we had <laughs> one game at Rigo's, and I think we've played yours twice. Yeah. Up at the cottage uh, and at Cody's the one time. Yeah. <clears throat> and this new one, so. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we taught uh, Jason and Derek have always been really enthusiastic about board games, and so I brought them out to teach them the game, and uh, I think they loved it, yeah. And that's another thing, too, when everyone knows what they're doing, mostly, aside from these two guys, but everyone can kind of help teach the rules and help explain things. Like, it's, I find it so helpful to not just have to stop the game. Like, everyone, I have a question to be able to just, hey, hey, uh, what am I supposed to do? Or how does this work yeah. right here? And you just, oh, yeah, just do this, this, this. Thanks, bud. It's always super nice to see someone like Stefan just, like, turning to the guy next to him and, like, saying, like, strategy, too. Yeah. This What I found out was this was really, like, John John K was really helpful with that, with the games. I thought that him and Mike really bounced back and forth really nicely because Michael would be like, these are the rules. And then John would be like, oh, by the way, <laughs> last time we played, we found out this is super yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. Just forget about this other thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's useful. Like, hearing yeah. some, but that's something, again, bounce all over the place. But going back to rules explanations, it can be tricky when you're explaining rules to where do you stop as far as providing some advice, it's like mm-hmm. versus because like, that's going to be really confusing. It's because virtually context free versus just going on with it. And then maybe in the game recommending things like, oh, I, I recommend not doing this. Or my advice is people have had trouble <laughs> with yeah. these routines. I tend to under explain deliberately and then explain through the game. Mm. And that's just because you can you can definitely see people's eyes start to glass over if, yeah. you, if you go on too long in yeah, the explanation. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, Twilight Imperium, which uh, race were you? <laughs> Obviously not a great race. I can't even remember as what long as I you was. The, the, the stewards. The, that race was see. the lamest. Oh, my God. Yeah. Couldn't well, believe it. I remember uh, Stefan was the soul. Uh, we had the Trade Emirates of Hakan. The Space Classic Cats. Space Cats. Uh, oh yeah, it was like a plant race that I couldn't make you. I couldn't make ground forces. At the end of each round, I just built. I just spawned one on any planet I control. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, it, they were okay. Um, yeah, we 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 went. To, <clears throat> we did a shorter version, so we just decided at the beginning of the game we were going to go to eight points instead of ten. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, and it. It rushed right there, yeah. I mean, I think we were like five and a half hours. Did it still turn into mashing plastic against plastic? It came very close. You saw the, the board end, right at uh, the end. It yeah. was basically this huge force of like three different armies surrounding um, Imperial of Rex going for that the next round, but the game ended. So it was like, whew, we dodged a Thank lot God. of dice rolling. Maybe that's our problem is that we, we our games go slower. And there's more time for people to just militarize because people aren't uh, maybe being as aggressive with each other right from the get-go or what. I can't figure it out, but it, it seems to always devolve into like, all right, that'll be 15 minutes of dice chucking going on here, so I'm going to go do something else yeah. for a bit. Well, I will say that Curtis was the only one that really caught on to the advice that I tried to give at the beginning of the game, which was... It's not space risk. Yeah, that end it is really cool and really fun to build a giant army, but it's pointless. Go <clears throat> look at the objectives just do the objectives that's all you got to do take a look at the objectives do the objectives do them faster than the next person <laughs> exactly and 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 he tried twice to take imperium rex and hold mechatol mechatol rex and hold the um, imperium card and he just couldn't do it 
Well, he he tried the first time. He failed because somebody took it back. So he <sighs> played the Imperium card. He didn't get a point. Second time, he succeeded. So he had that one point up on everybody else, right? Yeah. And then it's also a temporary point when you hold it. So that's two points. Yeah. That's all you need. Cool. So in an eight-point game, two points is a lot of points. It's a ton. So did everyone have fun, though? Oh, yeah. And I, I think we'll play again soon. Probably maybe even less than a year. I'd like to get you into a game. I want to, look, it, I haven't done my yearly game yet. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe we can, uh, I don't know if we can christen the basement with Twilight Imperium. But, hey, uh, <laughs> something, something. Um, all right, musical break. We'll be back in a minute on this spooky Halloween edition Ooh. of, <laughs> I am Vincent Price and I'm back. I snuck into the studio. He's possessed Jack. <laughs> no, who's Jack? <laughs> Have mercy on me, sir, allow me to impose on you. I have no place to stay, and my bones are cold right through. I will tell you a story of a man and his family, and I swear that it is true. Ten years ago I met a girl named Joy She was a sweet and happy thing Her eyes were bright blue jewels And we were married in the spring I had no idea what happiness A little love could bring Or what life had in store All things move toward their end All things move toward their end On that you can be sure Headed Sad and lonely Became joy in name only Within her breast there launched An unnamed sorrow And a dark and grim Forset sail Farewell happy fields Where joy forever dwells Hail horrors hail Was it an act of contrition or some awful premonition As if she saw into the heart of her Final blood-soaked night Those lunatic eyes That hungry kitchen knife Or I see, sir, that I have your attention Well, could it be? How often have I asked that question? Well, then in quick succession Babies, one, two, three. We called them Hilda, Hattie, and Holly. They were their mother's children. Their eyes were bright blue jewels, and they were quiet as a mouse. There was no laughter in the house. No, not for Hilda, Hattie, or Holly. 
No wonder people said Poor Mother Joy so melancholy Well one night there came a visitor To our little home I was visiting a sick friend I was a doctor then Joy and the girls were on their own Yeah Tape in her mouth a gag She'd been stabbed repeatedly And stuffed into a sleeping bag In their very carts my girls were robbed of their lives The method of murder much the same as my wives Yep, method of murder Much the same as my wives It was midnight when I arrived home Said that the police on the telephone Someone's taken for innocent lies They never caught the man He's still on the loose It seems he's done many, many more Quotes John Milton on the walls and the victim's blood The police are investigating at tremendous cost In my house he wrote his red right hand And that I'm told is from Paradise Lost The wind round here gets wicked cold But my story's nearly told I fear that morning won't bring quite a frost So I've left my home, I drift from land to land I am upon your step And you are a family man Outside the vultures wheel, the wolves howl The serpents hiss And to extend this small favor, friend Would be the sum of earthly bliss Do you reckon me a friend? The sun to me is dark And silent as the moon Do you, sir, have a room? Welcome back to CFRU, CFR Boo, (laughs) 93.3 FM, la. What you just heard was Son of Joy from my man Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds off the album Murder Ballads. I think it's a suitably spooky song. Um, I find it 
really interesting, actually, trying to decipher it, that uh, kind of this fellow showing up at somebody's house telling a story. It's like this man is drifting the land and relaying a story about how his wife and children were murdered <laughs> in the house <laughs> while he was gone. And, and then it's kind of ambiguous. Uh, it's like, oh, this guy seems to know a lot of details. Am I going to let a stranger into my house who seems to be talking about murder a lot? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just a what great do, album. What do you think Nick Cave is uh, doing for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> Being himself. <laughs> it's probably like, um, are you a Buffy fan? Did you ever watch any of this? Uh, yeah, a decent amount. Do you remember how in uh, the series, how Halloween was always like, all the monsters, it was like their day off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like all the vampires are just like taking a break because it's cliche <laughs> to do stuff on Halloween. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, all the spooky people in life just sit around not doing things. But... Um, there's a Simpsons episode. It's called 13 uh, or 31 short films about Springfield or something along the lines, which is a, set, a parody of a movie called something about X amount of uh, short films about Glenn Gould. And one of the segments is about Bumblebee Man. <laughs> and whose entire job is this like uh, Mexican farce, uh, goofy show, slapstick, slapstick dumb humor. Um, but he wants to go home and just relax after a day of dumb things happening to him. But his home life is farcical. <laughs> He's slipping around on oranges, <laughs> and the dog's barking, and the house falls down on him, and his wife divorces him. And so I imagine like a truly spooky fellow. <laughs> it's just like, I'm on a day off. I'm just nothing spooky or grim happening to me. And just like, oh no, there's a black cat. No, it's starting. <laughs> and then like, it turns out there was a grave in the basement. <laughs> and just all these, I don't know. I'm just imagining a series of unfortunate events. This is one of my <clears throat> roommate described to me as being a server. It's just, it's just like always on all the time, always socializing, yep. forcefully being friendly, trying to get that tip. Yeah. You get home, trying to get you don't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. You just collapse. Just, just, just don't talk to me. Although, I don't know, maybe the, the true servers are the servers we met along the way. No, the ones who, like, they just enjoy chatting. Like, I'm pretty, I think I'm good enough. Then you'd be good, yeah. That, I, I not, wasn't, what I was going to say is that I think I'm good enough at reading people that I know the servers that are just chatting to me to be friendly versus yeah, the yeah. ones that seem to really enjoy it. Um, and that's fine. Just as long as you're polite to me and do your job, I'm pretty happy with that. But don't, I hate fake servers don't give me that stuff and i hate hi my name is so and so and i'll be your server this evening yeah i don't know something about that bugs me how's a lot everything tasting folks <laughs> how's everything tasting? <laughs> i think you wouldn't be a bad server though jack like i'm always impressed when we're at a party your ability to take a genuine interest in in a complete stranger it's because i'm insane joel because <laughs> me i just i just don't want to talk to them at all no, you're fine. I think every there are very few people I know, I think, that are genuinely, I think, social, like uncomfortable talking to other people. I think the trick is you just got to f- have a conversation with somebody about, like, what are you interested in? Yeah. Because odds are, I'm, if you're passionate about something, I think I can at least fake being passionate about it. I yeah. can try to get myself into your world a little this bit. This show gives me hope because <clears throat> if we're able to spend an hour every week talking about board games... Surely I can talk to anybody about board games for 10 minutes. <laughs> you just see the... I don't know, Joel. Although I, I, I did meet the guy on the bus. He was in a bachelor party with me. I didn't the know him about bus. anything else. Yeah. His name is Ian. And uh, and we got him out for uh, for a game the other night. So What know. game? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> That's not the important detail. I don't know why I fixed it out. No, it, I am kind yeah, of It was Letter Jam and then Azul. All right. They're good. Perfect. Yeah. I was telling Joel, heads up, the third Azul is coming out soon, Summer oh, Pavilion, yeah. and somebody on the internet, <laughs> very good source, 
has said that they think Summer Pavilion is the best of the bunch and it should have won the Spiel des Jahres. Mm. Um, I don't know. I've heard that a lot of people think that uh, Azul Frank Sinatra is their favorite version. It's not my favorite, but... Azul what? Stained Glass of Sintra. Oh, okay. <laughs> all you, I see you is... got me. All I, I see is like, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Just set in Las Vegas. <laughs> just, just drinking bourbon. <laughs> well, it's like letter jam, right? They're still making new letter jams. I told them. Well, there's a uh, what's the um, the tentacle author? <laughs> tentacle author. What? The, the, the deep. The gods of the deep. Uh, why is it escaping me? Uh, gods of the deep. <laughs> you, you know what it is. Uh, uh, Lovecraft. Okay. Lovecraft letter. That's the latest. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the ancients <laughs> don't awaken them. Tentacle guy. Which is funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of tentacles in his mouth. Well, I... um, it was funny because I was thinking, uh, we were talking about what games to bring to this Halloween event tonight. Yeah. And uh, and I thought, what are my Halloween games? And I think the only Halloween game I have is Arkham Horror. That's a, that's his, if you had to make a list of five Halloween games, Arkham Horror would have to be on it. Oh, yeah. But obviously, I'm not going to bring that. That would have been, if you want an example of people <laughs> collapsing, because Arkham Horror is not the one. It's just funny. The only time we played <clears throat> Arkham Horror, uh, I brought in, I didn't I didn't realize there were expansions in it, and I just flipping random monsters to go into the didn't game. Didn't recognize them. And what I realized is, like, now looking back, that was like, Basically, like flipping to a random page of the monster manual in D and D, and just being like, "You fight this now," <laughs> because some of those were insane. Yeah, I was thinking, how is anyone supposed to succeed at this game? Because Joel got this the game at Breslau, was it for uh, twenty five bucks? Yeah, which is a steal. But it also came with an expansion shoved into, which is one of the the nice things about buying used games. And, Beautiful. Um, is that my experience? Oftentimes, depending, especially if you get a, a solid lead on a connection, like when you see people. Uh, a listing that has a bunch of games there odds are they've gotten the expansions for them mm-hmm. and uh, most of the time I'll tell you that it's been shoved in there with it other times it's just you open it up and say oh look at that it's, it's extra nice stuff because they even forgot the expansions yeah. for it possibly well this one is mixed in too so <clears throat> I'll have to look at the symbols and see if I can separate that's it. the problem with that one is that that'll take some sifting some bags. Yeah, and my copy of Space Alert had an expansion shoved Ooh. into it as well my copy of Eminent Domain has um, uh, the the one necessary expansion shoved into it expansion but I don't know what it is so it's just <laughs> like I just set up the game Never and call played it, it yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me about uh, well I'll ask you what have you been playing lately as if I don't know thank you Joel for asking uh, I'll say two things so I'll start off with one um uh, the first game that I was playing a little bit of is called The Beast Inside. Not mm. to be confused with The Beast Within, Gabriel Knight 2. Um, which, does that mean anything to you, Joel? Or The Beast. The Beast. Beauty and the Beast. No, you've gone <laughs> off the rails. Anyway, The Beast Inside is <clears throat> a first-person, um, I'm going to say horror game, horror adventure game, uh, although it's, it's fairly action-y. And it, the premise is it's set in the late 70s and you are a CIA cryptographer who has basically moved to the countryside with your wife and you're trying to uh, get away from it all and just work on your, do your stuff on, uh, in the quiet of the mountains. And uh, as soon as you get up there, you're in this house that your family's had for years and you realize things are not what they seem. Uh-oh. And there may be conspiracies involving the Russians who are watching you. 
and you're tracing your lineage and there are these flashback sequences to your great uh, grandfather who showed up in the house in a similar situation uh, but finds himself menaced by a strange fellow in a mask and a cloak and a, and a, a top hat uh, and shenanigans and conspiracies, but that's where the game gets into the survival horror mode because there are segments where you can be killed and you have to hide from things and mm. you have to explore. Um, generally speaking, it is okay. It's a pretty good game. It's kind of spooky at times. It's very pretty. Uh, it's The Unreal Engine, when used properly, can be quite beautiful. Um, it's got a decent art style, and there are some decent moments to it. I um, The puzzles depending on your tolerance for something that stops and makes you think a little bit, you may or may not like them. Um, so it's hard, but not too hard. Yeah, it's just more, that's the, one of the problems, is that when you have a game with puzzles in it, you have to be balancing whether, are you playing Riven, or are we playing the Resident Tomb Evil? Of Horror. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so if you are, I'm not, I'm going to be generous here. If you're not the brightest uh, person, you may find these puzzles game-stopping in that, like somebody hit the brakes hard and now oh, screw it going on uh, the internet and get my answers. Yeah. Walk through, walk through. Or if you have a piece of paper and a pencil and you are the least bit patient, you should be able to work them out because I didn't find them unfair. Let's mm. just put it that way. The only thing I think was slightly unfair is that sometimes it's not super clear on what you're supposed to be doing with the information. And, mm. but in general, I, I think, um, the only time I ever had to look up something was that I didn't understand where I was supposed to be inputting. I was exp I was kept moving this. You have this code wheel, and I was moving it around. It's like I know the answer. Why is it not going? It's like yeah. no, no. You take the answer from the code wheel and put it over here. It's like I didn't even know I was supposed to look at that. Screw you. Uh. <laughs> but whatever. So anyway, long story short, it's a decent game. If you're looking for a spooky Halloween game, give it a try. I think there's a demo if you if you're one of those people uh, to see if it'll work, but I've unreal games I find are pretty well optimized. And in this case, it's pretty well optimized and it's a decent game mm. on to the main course, which is the, the, the very popular game, talking about. the outer worlds is the latest game from, uh, um, obsidian as well. Bethesda, say Bethesda. <laughs> um, obsidian made again using the unreal engine and, uh, it is the, I guess you could call it the spiritual successor, successor to Fallout New Vegas. And it, if you've played any of the Bethesda Fallout games, you're going to be right at home. It feels almost identical to so it. So you're saying that, do you think there's any chance that Bethesda's even try to come after them or is it just, it's, it's, it's different enough? I think Bethesda is just, what I've heard is that they, they're still salty that New Vegas is considered the best and they didn't mm. make it. And they're still salty that Fallout 76 is a bomb and Fallout 4, like, sold really well, but people, like, have been making fun of it and the Todd have Howard memes. You, have you heard the latest from 76? Yeah, talk about this, though. This is amusing. <clears throat> so Fallout 76 created, like, premium user. You could pay twelve ninety nine a month. <laughs> so the two people playing it can pay extra. <laughs> yeah. You pay twelve ninety nine a month and then and then you get, I don't know, special perks and you get, like, a, a first pay to next win. to your name. So all of a sudden you're special. Everyone You're knows above. this is important. <laughs> yeah, and this is the best part is that now everybody's just targeting those people. <laughs> so somehow you are the biggest loser in a pile of losers. <laughs> He's created a civil war. You've paid to be special so everybody else hates you. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's pretty funny. And I, wa I want to believe it's true. I want to know how many players there actually are. <laughs> there's probably enough that it would make you sad yeah. that there are people paying for this. But maybe it's a lot of online people. Like, does Do you have to pay extra on a console to do it? Or is it... Uh, 
So let's say like you're theoretically paying Sony and Nintendo for the privilege of using your console online to play against other people, and then you have to throw Bethesda another couple of shackles to play online too. Yeah, I think I think you gotta pay, hmm. be, be, like just to play. I wonder what fall, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen is. Their model is, and I think it's funny that that like Blizzard leaks thing. That yeah. you're not allowed to talk about Final Fantasy fourteen if you're talking about. Uh, Wow. Because I guess it's eating a ton of their subscriber base. Yeah. But I think the thing about, this is just me talking about my rear end here, but I think the thing that Final Fantasy has that is is taking away from Breasts. WoW. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, in so many words, you have this character customization and you end up with um, an interesting subgroup that, that really <laughs> enjoys the role-playing element that you don't get in WoW. WoW is... I never thought I'd say this. WoW is too hardcore for them <laughs> versus Final Fantasy, which is like it's second life meets WoW. That's how I'm yeah, going to describe it. Could it could be. But this is just my speculation. You could be a cool dude with a Ferrari. Maybe not a Ferrari, but there are cars. We're we talking about Final, Final Fantasy? Fantasy? Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You're just depressing me. <laughs> Nothing about this sounds fun at all. Uh, and this is coming from somebody whose idea of fun is sitting for 10 <laughs> hours pushing. <laughs> no, doki doki. That's another thing entirely. Hey, that'd be a good Halloween game. Uh, all right, yeah. sure. <laughs> I guess. I was wondering, like, when you think about monster movies, do you think those are horror movies? No. So what genre would you put it? Because there are generally scary moments. Like, I'm thinking, like, maybe a, what was that first one? Had what do you think Jaws is a horror field? movie? No, it's those are thrillers. Monster yeah. movies are its own genre. Um, hold on, before we, before we get totally off track here, Outer Worlds. I've only been playing for a bit. Mm. Um, spiritual spiritual successor, New Vegas. If you yeah. like those games, you like this. Um, general impression so far is that it's it's colorful. Um, the writing is pretty good. The world is decent. Even though it sort of feels like Fallout in space in a couple of ideas, but we won't talk too much about that right now. Um, the the only initial complaint I have is everything kind of feels a little hollow. Like the worlds aren't pretty, and there's a lot there, but at the same time, I feel like I'm just kind of wandering around like I do in some of these other games, where it's just like I'm rushing from one objective to the next objective, go into a room, I search everything, I steal anything of value, and I move on to the next room. There, there, it doesn't. It hasn't given me much time to pause and really appreciate what I'm doing or where I'm going. And I mm. think that's an issue of that. What Fallout really did well was that you go to a new place, and each place had its own. Because like everything really felt interesting in at least New Vegas, as far as I'm concerned. Like you go to a town, everything's weird all of a sudden. It's like what's going on here? And then you're reading logs, and you're finding things, and you're there. This it, the, the world is building itself before your eyes, mm-hmm. and the factions are also interesting. But so far, and I've only put in a bit of time with this, so I can't say too much. Uh, or I don't want to read into it too much, but so far I don't feel like I'm super engaged with what I'm doing. It feels a little um, mechanical in that go here, do the quest, go, come back here. I'm, I'm not invested in it yet, but we'll see. Has the game sucked you in in a way that like when you're not playing it, you want to no. be playing it? No. Mm-hmm. I want to play it, but I'm not sitting there going, boy, I wish I was playing Outer Worlds right now. What did you get it on? Uh, it's on the PC. On the PC. Yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, so good, if, good. If, Say you're, if, you're to play, <laughs> if you're to play it on the PC, uh, there is the Epic Games Store ex- exclusivity, which uh, I there's no other way to put it. It's anti-consumer. It's when you yep. just lock someone down to one platform. Uh, and it goes the same for Steam. If Steam's the only game in town, 
and it's and you're saying that's the only option. Like I can't play it off of Steam. That's anti-consumer. Yeah. I'm not saying that's right, but right. say making a deal with the Epic for them to pay you tons of money for a year-long exclusive or six months or whatever. Mm-mm. I went to consider buying Untitled Goose Game, and then I found out it was an Epic exclusive. And yeah. I just, you know, forget about it. You know, it, it's fine. It, but it's, if they had it everywhere, that's fine. But the you problem is they know if it was on Steam. They're just so like, crazy. <clears throat> you hear the origin is getting merged into Steam? Yeah. EA has given up, which yeah. is about time. Finally. It's only the, the horrors <laughs> they put us through. Yeah, uh, with Dragon Age and the rest of them. The rest of these these dumb service upon service that the the balkanization of streaming services happening, the balkanization. Balkanization, I like that. Uh, well, how do you describe it? This these yeah, fa- these the, the normal true. service splits up into all these smaller states, and then each one of them trying to carve their own. And then it happened with computer games way before. And, and then along comes Russia and says, <laughs> "You're all part of me now." <laughs> well, that's what we need. We need Steam just to uh, just amalgamate everyone. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Last little bit of the show. Let's. Do you want to do your announcement first, or do you want to do D and D? It's up to you. We've got uh, five oh, minutes. It's, it's just information from the D and D campaign. Okay. So all right. This then it works perfectly. So we. I'll, I'll just set it up. Joel. Uh, we're, we were playing Joel's campaign. We've talked about it a couple times on the show. Uh, Moran 2019 is what the hangout group was called. I don't know what yeah. this one is actually uh, called. Was it? Uh, 1636. Was that what it's called? Yeah. Around 1636 was uh, specific. The year was important in lore. I won't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, talk to us. Um, you finished. Uh, so, the end of the campaign was uh, not an original production. Well, it, it was in a sense, but I wanted to give you guys the opportunity to play what's reputed to be, and I'll, I'll, I'll love to take your take on this, supposed to be a... The hardest dungeon of all time and be the best dungeon of all time where's my wrong <laughs> <laughs> you should have warned me uh, the tomb of horrors was an original dungeon by the creator of DD, gary gygax back in the 70s it's been re-implemented in the second edition third edition and since in the uh tales from the yawning portal brought it back for the fifth edition and i kind of incorporated it into a broader story about the Twisted Rune, which is this society of sort of semi-benevolent liches that avoid direct power. Uh, And you are basically going into their uh, area of phylacteries trying to kill or trying to finish one off that the rest of them had killed. So for those who aren't total nerds, a phylactery is something that a a lich, which is a, a powerful undead wizard... Uh, is are they always wizards or is it just a powerful undead figure? You got to be a wizard because you got to f- learn how to do it. Okay, I feel like that's limiting. I, I'm, I'm rejecting the wizard requirement for lich. <laughs> okay, them. maybe a li- a wizard could do it for you. Okay, so maybe that's what I'm working at here. Um, <clears throat> it, a f- uh, a phylactery is something that a lich basically hides their their essence into. That if their corporeal form is destroyed, the phylactery is safe, and then the lich will gradually rebuild or kind of like come back to life later on somewhere as long as this thing is safe yeah so that's my first thing that i was going to tell you was that the the flesh golem and the clay golem was supposed to be in themselves a clue in that they were the 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 flesh and the clay of rebirth and this was the the you're getting too smart on this (laughs) (laughs) this was the site of rebirth so you had the rebirth taking place in front of you yeah after he was killed the phylactery restores him to life after about 10 hours sure um, what did you think of the Tomb of Horrors? 
We, I think we talked about this a little bit, so Let's it's not going to be honest. as fresh. The, I thought the Tomb of Horrors was, it's a, it was nostalgic insofar as that no one in the right mind would make this today yep. because it, it was not. I, I had I enjoyed going through it, but it wasn't fun. Yep. It was um, ball crushing. That's the best way I can put it. Every <laughs> yeah. opportunity possible for someone to crush someone's balls. That's what it was. It was not. You, because like you're saying, it was Gary Gygax upset that people were too good at the game or getting were steamrolling through encounters. So he said, mm, "I'll teach them." Yeah. It shows up in every possible situation. It's the terrible game design that if you were to put that into a game <laughs> now, you would get you'd be eviscerated for people saying, "What's wrong with you? This is not." Yeah, it's just mean. Yeah, mean and, and arbitrary. Mean and arbitrary. Perfect you... <laughs> description for. <two laughs> wars. But do you now that you've finished it? I'm trying to redeem it just a little yeah. bit. Um, have some kind of sense of pride that you have now beaten uh, sort of like you've got your D&D cred. You've got your first badge of honor, if mm. you will. If somebody asks you, have you done the Tomb of Horrors? You can say, yeah, I did and I beat it. Yeah, sure. Right. I mean, I watched two playthroughs <clears throat> online. Neither of them finished. Now, did they not finish because the Tomb of Horrors destroyed them or is it that they got so frustrated and left? They died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all died. Now, did they die because of traps or did they die of stupidity? Or... A little mix. Like, for example, the place where you almost died, but you tied a rope around yourself and I think they counterbalanced by standing at the entrance. That's a that's a, that's an OTK right there. There's another passageway that you didn't go down where there's some sleeping gas. You all fall asleep. And then there's just a juggernaut that comes and rolls like it's it's like a D6 plus four. And if it goes over you, it just kills you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there's there, there's things all over the place. I mean, well, that was the, just listen to what Joel's saying. Think of that stuff and then multiply it by 10 and then swing between instant kills and um, basic exploration techniques that you would use to progress through a game world. And being punched in the face for daring to do something. It's like, oh, uh, there's something, there's a chest here. What do you want to do? No, I'll check for traps. There are no traps. You open the chest. Snake bites you in the face. <laughs> Why? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, and the book will say something. It's like even the DM being a jerk. It's like the book will say, there is no possible way to check for this trap. Which is ridiculous, <laughs> too. It's, I don't know. I... I, I words fail me. I don't know how to describe it. But it was. I'm, we had fun. We made our way through it. Although I'd say, there were a couple moments where it kind of devolved into sort of like, um, in Doom or uh, what they call is, or uh, Duke Nukem 3D. When you're looking for secrets, they call it wall humping, where you're just moving all over the place, <laughs> just hitting the use key, seeing yeah. if anything opens on you. So yeah, exactly. Which I mean, there's always those arbitrary secrets around. Uh, last thing I wanted to say before we go. Uh, there was this whole mystery around who is Dr. Okar? Where did he come from? He's actually fashioned after Thomas Morell. Do you know who this guy is? No. He was the physician to Adolf Hitler. Thomas Morell. Hmm. And he he's a fascinating guy. You can look him up. Look up. Uh, uh, there's a book. I think it's called uh, Blitzed. And basically the, the amount of methamphetamine and other drugs that he fed to Hitler throughout the war... May, might have contributed to Hitler's Parkinson's disease near oh. the end, but basically he was all hopped up on speed during all these speeches that you see. Hence the speed that he was handing out. <laughs> yeah, so he was handing out speed, and then also uh, I think he was experimenting on the soldiers 
down below and I think there were sort of something like 35 million packets of methamphetamine handed out to the Nazi soldiers, <laughs> which was one of the reasons why they were so successful in their Blitzkrieg, because they could march for like three days just keep without them going. sleeping. They just go, 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 go. So that was kind of the, the, the thought behind Dr. O'Carr. It worked. Yeah. Well, thanks for that little tip, Joel. I'm Jack. <laughs> I'm Joel. <laughs> thanks for listening. Spooky Halloween. Be safe, everyone. Ooh. Ooh.